right into this. We are continuing our series on Grow Up. Look at your neighbor and say, Grow Up. Grow up. Look at other and say, Grow Up. Grow up. Tell the neighbor, you know, you grow up. And we're all just going to grow up nicely together, aren't we? Man, so glad that you're here. And man, we're excited about what Jesus is doing, not only in, I mean, in your lives, in this church. I mean, we're, we're thankful for who we have. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? I mean, you know, what worship is, you know, part of it, I was, I was here yesterday afternoon just praying and just worshiping the Lord. And I just had it even on my heart. Sometimes, you know, there's times, I mean, when a lot of times with, with, my, with my kids, I mean, we're, I mean, playing with them, doing things. But you know what some of the most touching moments is when my sons will come to me and nobody says anything to them, but they say, Papa, I love you. Aww. When you get those types of moments, it just uh, means everything. And, you know, that's part of what I really want us to create a culture of who we are here. We're not just gimme, 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 but we just stop and say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for everything you are to me. Because, you know, there's also times when you minister to the Lord, right? There's times where, like, right now we're ministering to one another. Through music, you get it through, you know, conversations, connection time in the back. What I'm doing here, I'm ministering to you, right? But there's also times when we minister to the Lord. And when you minister to the Lord, things start happening, right? He wants to start moving. There's things that he wants to say. You know, in the book of Acts, you see that I believe it's Acts chapter 14. It's about Paul and Silas, and they were all ministering to the Lord. Then the Holy Ghost said, separate Paul and Silas for the work of the ministry to which I've called them. Sorry, it was Barnabas. Barnabas to the work that I've called them. So during that time when you're ministering to the Lord, you're spending time just worshiping and praising Him, He's going to say some things to you, things that you need. Things that you may need, be believing for direction for, but it comes from not just, okay, Lord, Lord, in this I need, I need state. It's in this Lord, I love you state. You can create that even in your own heart. What's going to happen? You're going to be getting direction. The things that you need, it comes all from time ministering to the Lord. And that's all part of growing up. So in growing up, I want to just take about five minutes uh, just to reiterate what we talked about last week. Because I know there's some people that weren't here last week, including my wife. But that's not because she didn't want to be here. My baby girl is here. And uh, I, I want to make sure my daughter, London Aaron, is fully aware of what we're talking about this morning as well. Oh, she, oh yeah, you watch that. Yeah, you watch on live stream. I guess that's the cool thing about technology. All right. So number one is why are we talking about why grow up? Well, there's a few things that we discussed. And real quickly, number one, it is the plan of God. Even naturally speaking, it's the plan of God that human beings grow up. Right? Wouldn't it be horrible if you were stuck as a 15-year-old for the next 50 years? You want to grow up, right? It gets better. You, those that are 15, yeah, it gets better from here. Okay, thank you for that. All right. So number one, it's the plan of God. Number two is God is advancing his kingdom. How? By building his church. Babies can't build churches. They don't advance it. They don't cause church to move forward. So why grow up? So that we could build the church. So we can advance the kingdom of God. Now, I've come to this place where I'm no longer just doing church anymore. Anybody know what I mean by just doing church? You kind of just do your thing. Okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to sing. Raise my hands. Listen to a little sermon. I'm going to, you know, pay my tithes and then just go home. No, what we are part of, we are part of being, of Jesus coming back to this earth. We are part of it. So he needs an awake body. He needs a grown-up body to help him come back. He's dependent on you and I to come back. Did you know that? It's not just God randomly doing something as he pleases. He's dependent upon his body. Just like this morning, your brain maybe wanted to get going, but it needed its legs to get out of bed and get into the shower. Right? right? Jesus, the same way. He's the head of the church, but he needs his body to be working with him so that he can come back. 
I don't know about you, but we are part of something bigger than just a cute little thing in Red Deer. We're part of something globally that's ushering in a return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're here for. That's what this thing's all about. So let me encourage you. You, you can play church all you want, but it gets funner when you start being involved in what he's doing. And that's building and advancing his kingdom. <clears throat> okay, that's number two. Number three. God paid too big of a price purchasing us back with his son getting us into his kingdom, the best thing that I can do is now be fruitful for him. I mean, you, you got hired from your boss, right? What do you want to do for your boss? Do you want to, you know, just kind of, you know, take it lackadaisical? No, you want to give your best effort. You're part of a team. You're part of a company. You're part of, you're part of something. I'm going to come in and do my part. Well, now that Jesus purchased me with his own life, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be fruitful, right? Next, number four is you are a possessor of everything God has. You possess it all. And we look through the scriptures, Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, the Father desires to give you everything in the kingdom. And we read a few other scriptures. In Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says, you are an heir of God and you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, I'm not going to read it, but what it basically tells us is that, yeah, you are an heir, but an heir is no different from a slave unless he is grown up, right? So how do you become a partaker of the heirship of what God has purchased for you? You got to grow up. Say grow up. Grow up. You can put some sarcasm in there. Grow up, man. Just grow up. And lastly, there's one other one that I didn't say last week and I want to say it this morning. Is someone else's life depends on you growing up. More than anything else is someone else's life is dependent upon you growing up. If you stay in this babyhood state, you are of no help and can't be a blessing to other people. Sure, I mean, there's little things you can do, but I'm talking about I'm leaving an impact with someone. Right? That's why we're all here to grow up. And the Lord even told us this a few weeks ago, that I believe this, the Lord spoke this in my heart, that he's growing this church up quickly. Why? So that he can get accomplished what he needs accomplished in this region. Right? Why we're doing a second service is not just, okay, we should do a second service. It's we're responding to what he's doing in this earth. I mean, listen, people are looking for truth. People are looking for something. And Saturday, Sundays, maybe not, is your kind of your typical church crowd. Well, Saturday, it's not, it's not, there's not a church that I know of in this city that's doing it. So, hey, what an opportunity. Let's open up Saturday night. So it's not just something that we're doing. We're working with the Holy Spirit to get something accomplished. Right? But in order for us to be a blessing to someone else, it requires you and I... Grow up. Grow up. Awesome. Now, God's view of mankind is to properly answer this question. You need to ask, who is God? What is God's view of mankind? Well, you need, how do you answer that question? Well, who is God? And you could look at, we read through Psalm chapter 8, and you see the angel asking questions of, who is man that you are mindful of him? Or what is a mere human beings that you actually think about them, but you created man a little lower than God himself. You created a little lower. And what is God's design? Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28 reveals God's desire for you is that we reign in life. Not just, you know, barely survive and cope with everything that's going on out here. No, to reign as kings in this life. That's what he designed us for. Think about that for a moment. Don't just look at how, how your family trio was. Look at the beginning of how God in, intended and created mankind. He created them with power, with authority, with kingship, with rulership. That's who they were. 
But then we know sin came in, they fell, and they became lower. Right? But what did Jesus came to do? He came to bring us back into that very image and likeness which where we once were. Who are we now? We're kings in this worth through Jesus Christ who loved us. So what is God's view of mankind? He views you as a ruler. He views you as someone who reigns in this life. Not just, you know, scraping by. Hopefully, abundance, richness. That's what he designed for you and I. Can I get a uh uh-huh? Uh-huh. All right. Now, as we said, God's desire for you and I then, as we read over and over. But Matthew chapter 10, 24, 25, it says, Students are to be like their teachers. Jesus' desire is so that you be just like who he was when he walked this earth. Right? I mean, Jesus was actually surprised when the disciples came to him and go, uh, Jesus performed a miracle or he fed the 5,000 or he, he uh, raised a dead man. And they were like, wow, how did he? Man, that's amazing. And he said, don't get so surprised by that. That's your norm. What you should be excited about is that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what he said, get excited about. But every kind of miracle, all these things that you saw Jesus perform, that is our norm. And we said this last week, Jesus is not an example for us. He's an example of us. When you see Jesus, you actually see how you are, can be, and who you should be operating as on this earth. 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so am I, where? In this earth. So right now, who am I like? I'm just like him. But now how do I tap into them more? How am I actually seeing it? I have to grow up. And that's why we're discussing this, is because God's will is not for you to be stuck in, you know, your spiritual pampers. Got to grow those things up. We can't be wiping butts anymore. It's time for us to put on our own big boy pants and start living this big boy life. All right. All right. Okay, so now let's get into this. So where do I start? First and foremost, do you have a desire to grow? Do you want to grow? Do you want to be everything that God created you to be? All right, that was extremely weak. Okay. Do you have a desire to grow? Do you personally want to be everything that God has called and created you to be? Okay, this is where we start. That desire, that hunger to say, Jesus, I want everything that you've called me to be. I want that. You got to want it. Because if you don't want it, you can just stay where you're at. But if you want it, you can partake in it. Okay? Now, Ephesians chapter 4. Go there for a moment. Let's, let's start here. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to pick it up in verse 10. Because, you know, just naturally speaking, growing up naturally, I mean, kids don't have to just on purpose try to grow. Any parent ever notice that? Your kids just, they have growth spurts, right? Where they all of a sudden, they eat a bunch and, oh, yeah, you you just, you grew, you're huge, right? It's just naturally it comes. Well, not so spiritually. Age, just because you get older and older in church, if you grew up in a church and just because you get older doesn't mean that you actually grow spiritually. You could be 80 years old and still be a baby spiritually, Right? Naturally speaking, it's a little different. So sometimes we kind of look, oh yeah, they've been, in, they've been going to church for 30 years. They must be okay. No, I've talked to 50-year-old babies. At the same time, I've talked to 20-year-old adults. There's no age limit on it. It's really, I mean, we're going to get into that. But really, it's all dependent on, do you want Jesus? Do you want to grow to become all that he is? And it's desire. If you want, the, if you want it, you can have it. It's created for you. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, let's gonna, this, is, this is the ultimate goal. And it says, the same one, talking about Jesus, who descended 
is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, I want you to read this. Don't, let's not rip through this. I want you to really look at this because this is the ultimate goal. Okay, so verse 11. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to what? The church. What did he give? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And now look at verse 12. There. Sorry, who's the, who's the there? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now look at this next verse. This will continue. What will continue? This equipping, right? This growing, this equipping will continue until we all, say all. So <laughs> we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be what? Mature in who? In the Lord. Measuring up to the full and the complete standard of Christ. So what are we doing here? So this, I really want to encourage you, let church take on a whole new meaning to you. Church isn't just so I can tick it off and I did that for my week. Church now has, has changed rather than just, oh, it's a nice social gathering. You know, it's just kind of a nice group, a nice social setting. No, it's an equipping place. Because if we come in, like however you come in here is what you get out of here. If you kind of come in here with, you know, oh, it's just, I'm looking for a cute, I'm looking for a crepe. That's what you're going to get out of it. But if you're looking for equipment, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get equipped. It's totally dependent on how you view it, how you come into it. Because listen, church to some people is, man, I can't wait for Sunday. Other people are like, oh yeah, it's just like a Monday, Tuesday feel. It's no difference to them. It's because of the way that they view it or the way that they look at it. But the way that God looks at it, he's looking at it. This is a place where we get equipped. Okay. And when will this continue? This will continue until we all come to the unity of the faith and in the, uh, the knowledge of God's Son. I'll just finish reading it. Uh, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and the complete standard of Christ. Then, look at this, we will con then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown. What does tossed and blown look like? Unstable, you're up and down, and oh man, anybody meet an up and down Christian before? Woo, man, you're always just, oh. oh. Then we will no longer, if you're tired of living this, oh, <laughs> you're just tired of it? What's the answer? You, you said, I didn't say, you said, okay. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching. Anybody hear that? Oh, there's, man, we got a new message. There is not a new message. What we're preaching here is the same message that generations past have taught and preached and learned and put their blood, sweat, and tears into. We're thankful that we get where we're at. It's the same message. It may be packaged. It may be talked about a little differently, but that's just because of the age that word, but it is the exact same message. Why? Because we got a whole new generation that we got to reach who don't understand that type of terminology. Right? So that's why I'm reading even out of the New Living Bible. Because some people just flat out can't read King James Version. I'm not really good at Old English. 
So I'm going to stick with this, all right? You're cool with that. But look at this. I'm just saying that because people make a stink sometimes about that stuff. So anyway, we won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. So there are, listen, there are messages, there are teaching out there that are so clever, they sound true, and a lot of people flock to it, but they don't go, how do they flock to it? It's because they haven't grown up. If you are ignorant of what the Word of God says, you are easily deceived. And you'll run over the next thing. Anybody that has, dresses it up in Christianity, people will flock to it because it's in the name of Christ. But in fact, it's not. What do you got? You got doctors of, doctrines of devils. You got, you got so much garbage. That's why we have to stick to what the Word says. When you know the Word, you're not easily to be deceived. You won't be tossed and blown about by every new teaching. You'll be firm. You'll know exactly what the Word says. And you'll know when something's off. We're supposed to judge what we hear. When you hear me preach, don't just take it. Oh, Joel said it must be good. No, no. Don't go by that. You got to go by what this book says. If it doesn't line up with this, then man, you've got to call me out on that. It's wrong. This is wrong. This, you got to preach this. Everybody has to stick to this book. Cool. All right. Instead, so can you just go back one verse, please? Uh, just for a moment there. Just to finish it off, it says, We will not be influenced when new people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, then, of not being blown around, instead, you can go to the next verse, please. It says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He, talking about Jesus, makes the whole body, if you can click it again, makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. You read that again. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. He makes the body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. Think about that for a moment. What's the most important job in the church? No, I'm just thinking, a lot, a lot, some people say, oh, you know, it's, it's got to be the pastor, the one who's speaking. I'm not. <laughs> why, are you, why is everybody here? It's because of the, the connect stuff that we had here. There's some people that are greeting at the front doors that are being welcoming to you. It's all of these things. I mean, really, the, the parts that are seen, Paul tells us, uh, God actually honors the parts that aren't seen. Why? So that they, they'll be proper, honored properly, they'll be nurtured properly. I mean, think about it. What are the most important body parts that you have? Can you see them? They're inside, where they belong. <laughs> Anybody want me just to pull out a kidney for a second? Hey, what do you think? You like it? We're good? No? Okay, well, how, how about a stomach? How, how does that look? Yeah, anyone? No, it's private. But everybody, when it does its part, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what is the distinction for someone who has grown up? They speak the truth in love. Everything we do, I mean, if no matter what you're talking about, you can talk about faith, you can talk about healing, you can talk about prosperity, you can talk about peace. You always have to have one hand on love and one hand on anything else that you're talking about. Everything we do is rooted and grounded in love, and then we speak. To reach a culture that is totally oblivious to the agape kind of love, when you have one hand on love and you start talking to them, they'll notice it. 
But the thing is, when we take both hands and we try to change them like this, they need to be going to church. They're not going to want anything to do with you. Why? It's because they, everything, how do we build and grow people? One hand on love and we communicate this way. It's how we live our life. That's, that is a fully mature person who's got one hand on love and he lives his life this way. Listen, love actually gives truth a voice. If you have no love, I mean, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 13, even though I could speak all these types of words, I could say all the, all the kinds of words in heaven and on earth, I could speak it more eloquently, but if I have not love, I'll, what am I? Noise. And what do you see out there? People with their picketing signs, turn or burn. What are they? Noise. They are useless to the kingdom of God. Can I just be flat out with that? There is absolutely no building in that whatsoever. What does it do? It condemns. That's not Jesus. And listen, we are here to be an ambassador for him. That's not how we ambassad. <laughs> I made a new word. Joel Housing, I'm signing that one on it. All right. <laughs> okay. So now where are you at? This is what we're going to talk about. That's, that's the ultimate goal. That's what we're going towards. But in this, this series, what we're talking about, I want you really just to take this time to identify yourself. This is where I'm at. And you know what? If, if you're in this babyhood stage, that's fantastic. If you just got saved last night and you're here this morning, welcome. Man, you got born again. You're a baby. Fantastic. We love babies. But we don't like babies when they're 50 years old. Okay, that's when we have to grow up. So where are you at? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, Paul made these words. He says, when I was a child, say child. Now, what do children do? Like this, he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought, my thought process as a child, and I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So really growing up, what do we have to work with? How we talk, how we think, how we reason. Those are the areas. You Listen, you don't have to spend much time. If, you're, if you talk with anybody so long, you can actually pinpoint where they're at. You just listen to them for a few minutes. You can go, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a baby. He's a baby. Oh, yeah, he, okay, he's, he's grown up. He's mature. He understands some things. Right? And how, do you, how can you tell? By someone's what they think, how they're reasoning, what they're speaking. Right? So that's what we're going to discuss. So let's talk about babies. Everybody say Babies. Oh, don't you love babies? Aren't they so cute? I don't know. I have the cutest daughter in the entire world, so I don't know. They're cute, man. Now, I want you to go to John chapter 3 for a second. We're going to get right into this. So this morning, I'm just talking about babies. Everybody say babies. babies. <laughs> now, listen, we were all a baby at one point, right? Anybody come out of the womb like, like how you are now? Any? No? Came out with your glasses? Woo. <laughs> all right. Well, John chapter 3, this is, this is Jesus, the first time that he brought up this subject. Verse 1, he said, There was a, na a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so <laughs> now think about it. You, just pretend you've never heard of this, the, the terminology born again. Or maybe you haven't heard of that terminology before. You've got to be born again. 
Say what now? How am I supposed to get back into my mama's womb and be born again? That's what Nicodemus said. He said, how is that, how is that even possible? And Nicodemus, being a natural person, only thinking naturally. So Jesus goes on to say, uh, you can go to the next verse. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, which is naturally, right? And the spirit. So there has to be a spiritual birth. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised, Jesus said, when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but get, can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So let me ask you this. If you are, say you're 25 years old, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what happens to you spiritually? You got born. Now, I don't know about you, but in this church, we have seen, we've had many births here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, not natural births. We, <laughs> we've had many spiritual births. And what that is, is a spiritual, somebody got born again. They came out, and here I am. And they come out as a baby. If they're 80 years old, what happens when they get born again? They come out as a baby. Right? I, the reason I'm really emphasizing that is because sometimes, I mean, people look at somebody that's older and say, oh, they must be real strong and they can't understand. They try to follow that person only to see them fail and flop and go, why is that? They were spiritually babies. Right? So now let me, let's ask this question. And you know, I, th I think this is awesome. Uh, whenever someone is born spiritually, heaven has a huge party. Why? Because a new birth has just taken place. The same way when, when, when London was born, I had my own little party in my room with the midwives. Yeah, woo. we got excited. We're thrilled. Why? Because there is a birth. Naturally speaking, what happens? You get calls, you get texts, you get all this stuff. Because people are excited. You just had a baby. Oh, my goodness. Well, how much more in heaven? Luke chapter 15 talks about it. When one sinner turns and repents to God, the angels go nuts. Why? Is because they just had a baby. God just got a new baby. So the angels go crazy. This is amazing. And you can see them come in and go, it's a boy. And they just, the angels walking into the presence of God. Oh, God, Father, here, it's a boy. Woo! And they get excited about it. Well, just the same way we do naturally, the same way spiritually. When someone gets born again, heaven goes nuts with excitement. Man, amazing. Now... <laughs> now, how do I get born again spiritually? Where does that start? Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now, people, this is a, a weird thing that I know lots of people think of. People can be, well, they don't use this word, born again. I can go to heaven because I'm a good person. Being a good person, naturally speaking, does not give birth to spiritual babies. It's impossible. There's not enough good things you can do in order to give your, give your own personal birth into the kingdom of God. You cannot 
birth yourself. <laughs> right? So how, do you, how does somebody get born again? It takes a work. It takes something that Jesus has already bought and paid for us. He already went through the labor process, so to speak. He did it all. He went through the whole process. And Jesus now, actually I was thinking about, I was just meditating on this. I was thinking about this last night. That right now, what our representative of God in heaven, God in heaven, one part of it is a born again man. This is you and me. A born again man is God. And what did he do? He paved the way for us to get born again. You can read that in Psalm chapter 22. People, and he said at the very end, he said, it is finished. What is finished? His, the law is finished, but he also is birthing in a new way where people can come back to God. And how is that? How do you get spiritually born again? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what happens? You've just got born again. No such thing as religious. You can't do enough good works to get it. It's by believing and speaking, you're born again. Man, isn't that wonderful? And what happened at that exact moment? Ezekiel chapter 36, 26. This is amazing. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender and responsive heart. You got born again. This is going to lead into my first point about babies. When you got born again, what did you get? You got a new heart. That's not stubborn. That's not this, you know, stony, rocky, just this mean, gritty, all things about you. What happened to you? You got a tender and responsive heart to your father. Now, when you look at babies in the natural, what is the first thing that you really look at? Or you see is their innocence. And that's the thing you admire about them. They are innocent. Now, no one looks at, I mean, you can use London as an example. Nobody looks at her and goes, oh, she has a past. She has no past. She's 10 days old. <laughs> oh, remember what she did on day two? I tell you, man, that sleeping was not happening. I, there, there is no past. She's innocent. But when you get born again, spiritually speaking now, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a... New person. The old life. Which life is he talking about? Is it spiritual? What life is he talking about? Natural life. What's he talking about? Spiritual life. That old spiritual life, which was all sin and garbage and hard and stony and stubborn, is gone. A new life has begun. The same way you look at my daughter and go, she's innocent. Is the same way now that your father looks at you when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... He looks at you and goes, there's my baby. Innocent. Say innocent. 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 How and so when all of a sudden you accepted Jesus Christ, all of a sudden it's like the same when I got to hold my girl for the first time, there she is. God took you in his arms and went, there you are. It's good to see you. There's my boy. There's my girl. So glad that you're here. It's wonderful. And I love this. And you continue reading on in 2 Corinthians. He says... Uh, and all things are of God. So he took out our old stony, stubborn heart and placed a tender and responsive heart on the inside. Someone who just got saved is these three things. They are simple, full of faith or trust, and ready and willing to learn. They possess a teachable spirit. 
They have that in them. Every baby that's born spiritually has this tenderness and now they want to learn. Anybody ever seen anybody that just got saved? They are zealous. What do they want? They want Jesus. Man, I'm, I'm not talking about just that, you know, I'm talking about someone who really got born again. They just come into the fact that I have a new daddy. He loves me. God is my father now. They want him. They desire him. They crave him. And even though that this teachable spirit is one of the, the greatest things that babies possess, don't ever let that leave you. Because as you grow up, as you grow older, one of the things that will try to come and what the enemy is always after, he's after the condition of your heart. Because if the condition of your heart is messed up, so is your life. Because Proverbs 4.23, it says out of, or um, what's that? Guard your heart <laughs> above all else because out of it flows the issues of life. Life doesn't happen to us. It flows out of us. You are where you are. You're experiencing what you're experiencing in life, not because God's doing life to you. No, no, no. It's because of what's going on in your heart. So if you have got a hard heart, guess what? I think God's fault that you got a tough life. It's your own heart. You're doing your own stuff to your own self. No, God's not doing anything to you. He loves you. He's trying to get to you. But if you've got a hard heart, you can't get access to him because you've turned away some things. You've got it real hard, and God can't even just gently impress himself on you. He can't just come in and just, let me just help you. And he comes in quietly. He comes in kindly and gently. He's not going to come in here and just shake the rock off you. He comes in, and he, it's got to be a willingness. You know, one of my scriptures for this year the Lord gave me is uh, the word meekness. In James 1.21, it says, to receive the word or get rid of all the filth, all the junk, and with meekness now receive the word of God, which is able to save your souls. So what does this meekness mean? It means really to come under and to be easily pliable on. That when something hits my heart, I want to respond to that, not just kind of go, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. No, I'm going to be responsive to that. So keep that sensitive heart. I urge you to keep it. Okay, I'm not going to go much deeper in that, but just here we go. Babies revealed. So we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is when it gets a little bit more in your face. Now, as we said, if you just got born again, man, we want to, we, we are celebrating with you. That is exciting. Man, it's wonderful. Someone that got born again. Welcome. Here you are. Welcome to the world. <laughs> but now if you are a Christian, you've been a Christian for some time, maybe you've been a Christian for three years, four years, and we're still in that babyhood stage, it's time that we grow up a little bit. <laughs> I'm saying that kindly. All right? It's time that we grow up because the church cannot advance in babyhood stage. We're here to take over. And we can't have babies running a military. You look at all the training that some of these Navy SEALs go through. Man, they, they actually, I mean, I, my cousin Josh, he went, they, some of the stuff that he went through in the Army, they call it Hell Week, right? They go through so much garbage, just hard stuff, harder than it ever would be in natural settings so that they're used to it, that they're able to, you know, go above it. Well, listen, we're, we're here. We got to grow up. We got to experience and go, not only go through some things, but we got to be able to take it. Because, listen, um, number one, babies can't take much. So we got to build the church. we got to grow. And so we need people that can take some stuff, take some hits. Okay. Here we go. Verse 9, it says, This is what the Scripture means when it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it was to God, but it was that God revealed these things by His Spirit. 
For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one, oh, sorry, go back. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit is saying. Those who are spiritually spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Now, I think that's just kind of cool. I mean, just parents for a sec. Do you know you can always look through your kids when they want to when they're trying to get away with something? You can see right through it. Right? I mean, I had Jace trying to, you know, <laughs> he wanted to I mean, he got a jersey or something. Oh, but papa, I've never had one before. And if I go to bed on time, like they're they're trying to make this thing so in order to get something thinking I don't know about it. But people who are spiritual, they can see things that babies can't see. Right? So then he goes on to say in chapter, uh, oh, so we just finish off four. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who can know enough to teach him? But we understand all these things for we have the mind of Christ. Three verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in this Christian life. So Paul talking to church, he, there's no difference between the church and the world. They looked the exact same, sounded the exact same, talked the exact same, thought the exact same way, reasoned the same way. He said, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of this world? So the first thing that I want to point out, just regarding babies is ignorance. Babies are completely ignorant, right? I mean, you think about it, if, if uh, babies, they will put whatever you give them, they will put it in their mouth. <laughs> Parents, have ever noticed that before? No matter what it is, it could be a screw or it could be an apple. It looks the same, let's, let's go to town. So that's why, I mean, for us here, especially at Impact Life Church, when someone gets born again, we mean business. Because same way, if all of a sudden, I, oh, oh, London, thanks, thanks for being born. Uh, could you get yourself dressed and get ready for church? That'd be greatly appreciated. Let's go. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Right? They're, they're, they're ignorant. They're not sure. So what we want to do is we want to make sure we are feeding babies the word of God. Yeah. And I'll explain how babies grow. First Peter 2.2 2 tells us how babies grow. <clears throat> Next thing in there. Um... So one of the things, we must be careful to put what we're giving babies. Now, some of the things that like you have, you got Christian books, you got Christian people talking messages. And a lot of time, if it doesn't have good word content in it, babies will eat that up. And what happens, they actually have now, there's poison on the inside of them. They got, re, they got to be reprogrammed. You got to change the way that you think again. Listen, it's already a big deal. So when someone gets born again, so we got to give them the right food. You need the proper diet. Right now, my daughter, she can't have a T-bone steak. 
But what happened? <coughs> It'd be choking all over the place. What does she need? She needs breast milk. And I'll just, can I just insert something kind of funny in here for a second? Okay. So uh, when we, when right after we had our, our, our midwife was there, it was, it was great. Uh, but she actually said the word, um, are you going to chest feed? And I, I actually had to stop for a second. I said, no, I, there will be no chest feeding going on. There will be breastfeeding for sure. And she said, oh, you know, she said, the reason I actually have to say that is just because of the way that culture is now. Uh, we actually have to say chest feeding. I said, well, in my house, it's breastfeeding. <laughs> I will never, ever put on a plastic boob and my daughter is not going to sit from me. <laughs> but yeah, she can breastfeed on my wife all day. I don't care, but we are not going to be having chest feedings here just so that we're all clear. Okay. <laughs> she was joking with it. It, it, was, it was really funny, but I just thought that was real strange. <laughs> oh, dear. That's why we have to speak the truth in love. People need help. Do men breastfeed? No. Sorry, men. If you were a seahorse, maybe. I don't know how it works down there, but... <laughs> For those of you that don't know seahorses, if you're the male, they give birth to the babies. So, man, aren't you thankful that you're not a seahorse? <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, back to ignorance. Here we go. <laughs> but look at Paul's words here again in verse 2. He said, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready. Did you know that? messages, preachings, teachings, they're mostly, they're affected more so by the hearer than they are the speaker. You look at Jesus chapter 13, just before he went away, he said, I have many things that I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. So what is that? So this word that we use in the church called utterance, which is just a divine spokesman, a divine, the words that come out and able to just penetrate and hit into people's hearts. Utterance is greatly dependent upon the hearer. If you want it, you can have it. Right? But it's not even just based on, oh, what I would like to say, what is the Spirit of God going to impress on your heart? He's the teacher. Right? So it depends kind of on, on where you're sitting. And so that's why Paul is saying this too. He said, I had to feed you with milk. Now think about this. The Apostle Paul, the one that God downloaded all of, you know, three quarters of the New Testament is right here. And he said, I had to give you milk. <laughs> what is milk? It's the basics. Paul, I had to give you the basis. I had to go over these little details here again. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was in that church, I'd be so mad. Are you kidding me? Paul is here, and I have to sit through some milk with him? He's got the T-bone steak. Give me some steak, man. But he said, I can't give you anything, Meteor. Why? Because you weren't ready for it. You can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I'm sure that's where it originated from. It's from Paul. <laughs> So number one is ignorance. Number two, as I said, is babies can't handle much. So, and as that's what we just talked about utterance, but babies are easily set off and are controlled by their feelings. So this is not for you to, you know, hit your wife or your husband. Do better. This is, he's talking to you right now. No, this is, this is <laughs> the double fist bump. Kids, listen to this. No. This is just for you to find out where you're at. 
If you find yourself in this category, hey, the great, the best thing that you can do is go, okay, that's where I'm at. Now we grow from here, right? But they're easily set off and are controlled by their sinful nature. Their solution for everything is to whine and to cry. When I, when London wakes up at two o'clock in the morning, she doesn't go, uh, mommy, can I have some chest milk? <laughs> I guess I'm talking in a British accent because her name is London. So, <laughs> mommy, no, it's, what does she do? And she just goes on and on until someone responds to her. So what will babies do? <laughs> Pastor, what is this happening to me? And not that if you're, hey, if you're born again, we want to help. But if you're 50 year, 50 year baby, it's time to grow up. <laughs> Why is it happening this way? They're controlled by their feelings. Right? So what, as we said, babies can't handle much. And let me just read it, verse 2 again. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. Now, what I, what I appreciate about, I mean, the beginnings of this church, the founding of this church, when my, my parents, Pastor John and Ingram, they launched this thing, their whole desire was to grow people. I mean, there may be some other places where if you want to get coddled, get coddled. But here, I mean, even growing up, I didn't get coddled. My first day at work here, my dad said to me, the bloodline stops at that door. I said, but Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I absolutely loved it. Why? Because we're not here just playing a game. We're not here just helping people cope. We're helping people to be everything that God has called them to be. And I believe that's what this church is for. That's why we exist, to impact generations for Jesus. How do we do that? Help people grow up. Because if you just want to rewind the rest of your life, there are, this is going to be a pretty tough spot. And I don't mean that to you know, scare you or anything, but I'm just saying what we want to do is we want to help people grow up. So that why? So that you're able to not only grow up on the inside, but you're able to help another baby that just got born again. We can't keep helping babies just do baby stuff. Why? Because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. And if you want to stay a baby, then we'll put you in the spiritual crib and just let you cry. There you go. Love you. I, I'm, I, I'm saying this because we want to grow up. I believe that's everybody here. Yeah? We're, we're okay? I, I'm okay in saying that? Okay. Phew. Now, one that is mature, a soldier for Jesus, they endure. You know, in First Timothy, Paul gave this warning. He said, anybody who wants to live a godly life, they will endure hardship. And then he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he said, anybody, or uh, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, endure the sufferings for, for his sake. Endure it. What do babies talk about? Whine about? The things that are happening to them. Those that are mature on the opposite end, what can we do? They can endure. They can go through some hardships. Why? Because they know on the other side of it, there's victory. And what we're going to do, we're going to pull people with us and let's go to the next place. So no matter what, if you've been going through a rough time, guess what? Welcome to the club. We've all been going through some drunk. It's not any different. The devil, like, he's not a lion. He's like a lion. He's roaming around seeking whom he may devour. He's going after everybody. He wants to steal, kill, and to destroy. But we know those that are growing up and desire to grow up, we endure some of this hardship. Why? Because it's only a season. We don't look at these things which we are seeing because they're actually working for us an eternal weight of glory. 
That's what I'm talking about. And if it's worth, if I have to go through some things in order to see people be blessed and be, be born again and being brought up and being educated and go to a higher level, so be it. Right? The same way, you know, the, the military mindset, no man behind. Well, the church has to have that mindset too, is no man behind. We are interested in bringing everybody. If you've been, you've been stuck, we want to get you up here to this place so you cannot just, you know, I'm, I'm behind you. No, we stand shoulder to shoulder in this thing because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church and it's every part doing its job. Now, I'm not giving you a little bit of milk. I'm giving you a little bit something else. But we're talking about babies. The next thing is babies live in a very small world. What's their world? <laughs> Well, right now, it's mostly Jamie and her little pillow. <laughs> that's, this is their world. This is how they live. This is how they see life. Is because that's just that's where they're at. That's, this is it. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, he said, You are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? I'm so glad Paul wrote this. I didn't just say it. <laughs> now, babies are the center of their world. And in the culture that we are living in, it is very focused on self. This is my world. Babies are takers. Right? They're takers. Babies aren't a good help. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm just saying, what do the babies want? I need, I need, I need, I need. Whereas you look at, again, someone who is more mature, they look to, I give, I give, I give, I give. That's what this whole Christian life is about. If Jesus, imagine if he was a baby spiritually on this earth. Would you be going to heaven? Would he have paved a way for us to get born again? No, what did he do? He grew up. And actually Hebrews chapter 5 tells us how he grew up. Through sufferings. How do we grow up? Through sufferings, through trials, through tribulations. He learned, he learned some things going through some of that stuff. And the result is, look how blessed that this entire planet is because of one man's obedience to, to God. So think about that for a sec. So babies, they live in this very small world. Um, and I'm just, I kind of threw this in here just for fun. But husbands and wives growing up will solve a lot of your marriage issues. If you are constantly strife with one another, quarreling with one another, listen, it's time for you to grow up. What did Paul say? Are there not divisions among you? Are you not jealous with, with each other? You're not still quarreling with one another. You're still influenced by your old nature. So what is he saying? Grow up. Husbands, grow up. Wives, grow up. You can't be 14 and married anymore. It doesn't work. Sitting there playing Xbox all day. It does not work. Preach. <laughs> I'm glad this is going over. Well, good. Okay. Next is babies don't do anything for themselves. They are completely dependent on someone else for everything. Pray for me. Help me. What do I do here? What's, what, what should I do in this situation? Listen, if, and again, if you just got born again, of course, that's what we're here for. We're here to help, here to nurture, and not just, not just to do it for you, but to show you through the Word. This is how you do it. This is how we do things here. Why? So that you're able to now go from milk to some T-bone steak. I mean, imagine if your diet was milk 24-7, 365. <laughs> and listen, a lot of the stuff that you see out there isn't even milk. It's skim milk. 
they take all the, you know, the, the cream out of it. So you're basically left with a water-based gospel. Where it's a feel good, make me, pat me on the back, help my itching ear out. And what do you get? You get a bunch of fluffy milk or Milky Way Christians. There's no strength. There's no... <clears throat> Listen, we're, we're dealing with people that have some serious stuff going on. Where's the church for like the book of Acts? The ones that, you know, we believe God and they show things and things happen. I remember I, I got stirred up when I heard this. I went to a minister's conference a couple years ago. And uh, I'll actually tell you this. Anybody know, have heard of Mark T. Barclay? Okay, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a, a prophet of God, and he's a, he's a wonderful man. Uh, but he comes from, a, I believe it's a Navy, I think he's a Navy SEAL background. So he is, he will tear into you. And uh, I heard him, actually, he gave his testimony about when he got saved. He was, so he came right out of the military, uh, and like he was, he had, a, he had addiction in alcohol, uh, anger issues, just, like just a real, you know, t He's the man's man, kind of looking at it. Tough and all this kind of stuff. But he said, I went to the church, and he said, I was extremely rough around the edges, but I got saved. I got born again. I was a baby, but I still had this um, alcohol. I still had this addiction. I was just angry, and I was just frustrated, all of this. And so he said, what it took is it took a church that actually believed the word and flowed with the Spirit to get me out. He said, I went to numerous different churches, and they just, you know, they kind of threw a prayer on me. Okay, you know, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll pray over you. That's not what it's just going to take. What is it going to take? It's going to require some discipleship. It's going to require somebody who's going to come in here and say, hey, let me show you what the word says. Start believing this. Get your mind fixed on these thoughts. And he said, because of that church who believed the word of God, now here I am. And I mean, you look at his ministry, he's able to bless thousands upon thousands of not only people, but ministers worldwide. We would not have that if there was not a church who believed the word of God and said, you know what, you're going to grow up. You may be an angry person, it's time for you to grow up. If you're led by that, if that thing's constantly pulling you, or if you're jealous about some things, it's time to grow up. Why? Because there is more for you than just this little box, this little scope that you're looking through. What does God want to do through you? Man, all we know that it's good. Plans of good to give you a hope and a future. That's not just a wishful thinking, oh Lord, just please let my life be okay. No, he wants to not just your life to be okay. He wants to use you to raise up people. Imagine this, all of a sudden you get your entire business in Red Deer, all of a sudden a whole, you go to the, the, the big CEO companies, you're able to affect them all through your strength, through growing up in Jesus. Think about that for a sec. It's not just you. There's numerous people in this city that need Jesus. What kind of Jesus do they need? They see the real Jesus. And why does it take someone who's grown up? Because babies can't affect. What do we look at baby? Oh, you're so cute. Oh, we're so glad that you're here. And they have to be called. They're constantly, babies walk into a room wondering, somebody talking about me? I is all on them. I was uncomfortable. Somebody took my chair. They didn't sing my song. They didn't play the worship that I wanted. And what's the result? Babies. Somebody took my parking spot. Hey, listen, at some point with that horrible parking, somebody's bound to take your spot at some point. <laughs> so in closing here, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter 2, 2, he says, how do you, if you want to grow up, if you are a baby, how do you grow up? He said, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into an ex the full experience of salvation. Say, cry out for this nourishment. 
How do you grow up? You get back to the basics of the Word of God. I got born again. I got baptized. I'm filled with the Spirit. Praying in other tongues. You just go over some of these foundational, fundamental things, which are so powerful, we never lose sight of them. We go, oh, that's just for a lower grade. No, there's so much depth in those things. So if you are in this babyhood state, hey, awesome. We're glad you're born again. That's amazing. But what we want to do here now is time to grow. Now it's time to go to that next level. And how do we do that? You get onto the Word and let the Word start nourishing you. You do that. Yeah, you can do that on your own, but you can also get other people just, hey, what do you do in this situation? How do you do with this? People can come alongside you. That's why we got teams here is because we want to help people get out of babyhood and into this next thing called childhood, which we're going to go next week. Awesome. Let's all stand up.